So, we met online. This is a podcast about love, sex, and everything in between the world of online dating. I'm Erica. And I'm Chris. Welcome to So We Met Online. If you're looking for more information, find us online at SoWeMetOnline.com and all social media at SoWeMetOnline. Today's episode is sponsored by Urban Stems, an online flower company delivering beautiful bouquets and gifts from coast to coast. See what's in bloom at urbanstems.com. This week, Eric and I sat down with Claire to discuss when is it too soon to get back out there? So we met online. This guy is in law enforcement. So he's a police officer? Yeah. Okay. And he and I had similar backgrounds. We met on Match. I hadn't met very many people on Match, and he seemed really nice. I It kind of caught my eye that he mentioned in his profile that he was recently divorced because his wife cheated on him, and I said, you know, I've been through something similar, so I can relate. Huh. My MO sort of is like, I don't want to talk about that with people when I first well, that's what I was just about to say. I wouldn't have advised him to put that in the profile because that's too much information. I mean, for me, I was like, okay, like we can relate on something like that, but that's never something I would talk about. No, you have to be comfortable with someone first. Right. So the the first time we met, uh, we met at a winery and it was really nice, but he talked about that a lot. So he just started the conversation by talking about his ex-wife? No, I mean, we talked about other things first, and then he kind of mentioned, oh, you said you had something similar. I said, yeah, you know, I don't really talk about it that much. I'm sure you don't want to talk about your situation either, but he just kept going he did on want to talk about it. Yeah, he did on. want to talk about it. I, I felt really bad, and I could relate to a lot of stuff that he was saying, but my situation was so much scorched earth that I didn't have any lingering feelings for my ex, uh-huh. and that, especially at that point, a lot of time had gone by. But it's, I got the direct impression from the very first date that he wasn't over it yet. Right. He hadn't healed. He probably wasn't ready to be dating. Right. And that's the thing. When someone talks about their ex, it's a lose-lose. Because on the one hand, if they're saying positive or sometimes negative things, they're probably not over that person. Mm-hmm. And if they're saying positive or negative things, generally negative, they're bitter about it. And neither one is something you want to hear. So I also ended up finding out on that first date that he works with my cousin. Okay. Um, and I was like, oh, that's funny. Like that's we, you know, yeah. know somebody in common. And my cousin had said, oh, he's a great guy. So we went out again for dinner. And I just really wasn't feeling the chemistry a lot. But I thought I was trying to be open-minded. Sure. I, you know, he's a great guy on paper. He's got a good job. You know, we you weren't feeling the chemistry people. physically or because he kept talking about his past relationship. I think they probably I, mixed together. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I wasn't feeling it physically because he seemed kind of closed off. I yeah. think if he hadn't seemed like he was still kind of in this bad emotional place, it might have felt a little bit different. But I thought like, okay, you know, I'll give him a try. So we decided to go out a third time. He was going to come out like closer to me. We had met kind of like in between where we each okay. live before. And he had been at a party all day. And so he showed up a little banged up, kind of, you know, wearing a sombrero because it was some kind of, like, theme party. Okay. And the Uber driver we had that night, just to take us, like, the 10-minute drive to this bar near my house, the Uber driver, like, 
already gave us a weird vibe. We get in the car and he's making these weird comments and we're kind of talking between the two of us and he keeps interjecting and it was like, all right, what's your story? You clearly <laughs> want to like tell us what's on your mind. And this is like the start of a sitcom, right? right, right. Like, like almost uh, Seinfeld-esque. Man <laughs> in a sombrero and an Uber driver <laughs> hopping a car on a date. <laughs> right. It's like... Come on. <laughs> well, and then the Uber driver proceeds to tell us, he's probably like early 50s. Okay. Proceeds to tell us that his girlfriend just left him and he's not <laughs> on his debt. God. She just like, he just signed a lease with her and he doesn't know what he's going to do. And he starts crying at one point. We park at the bar and we're still talking to him for like an additional 20 minutes. Oh my God. And this guy <laughs> is still kind of like an emotional mess himself is like it's okay man and you have no idea how much these two people know how you're feeling and like we're here oh for my you. goodness and, and i was really worried about the guy i was like i don't but the know uber driver of the day yeah. <laughs> i was like i don't know if we should call uber and say you know we were like maybe you should spend some time with family yeah but at the same time i i was thinking you know well every other person that gets in this car tonight is going to hear the same story <laughs> yeah. so he's not really going to be by himself confessions of an uber driver <laughs> Right. So by the time we actually got into the bar, I was like, the mood's a little weird. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? and right. He's been drinking. So I had a couple drinks too. And we ended up running into mutual friends, people who worked with him and my cousin. And this particular friend is very close with my cousin and has been to my parents' house and things like that. So sombrero date. And that, like, just, <laughs> he just gets on drunker and drunker and super nice guy. Not a mean drunk, not sloppy, but I was like, he can't drive home. No, obviously know? not. You know, we get back to my place. Oh, because you had to take an Uber back to your place and then his car was his there. His car I was see. there. Okay. And it, I mean, he was too drunk to drive anywhere, especially like that distance. Sure. It just wouldn't have been good. So, and he kept saying, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I was like, well, that's what everybody says. Yeah. See what happens. And he kept apologizing. And I was like, just sleep on the couch. I still like, got the sombrero around his neck. <laughs> sleep on the couch. You know, it's no big deal. Everybody's been there. Everybody's had a bad night. It's true. I get up at like 9 and he's still asleep and I was like, okay. 10, he's still asleep. 11, I'm making coffee and banging the dishes around in the kitchen like, okay. At like, some point in time he's going to wake up here. I got to start my day and he, he felt so, he kept apologizing like even two days later. I was, everybody has a bad night. And at this point I was like, I think we could be friends. I don't think this right. is, we're going to date. But because we had run into this mutual friend of my cousin's when we were out at the bar, I was like, it's going to get back to my cousin that we've course, been hanging out. So I texted my cousin and I said, hey, I've been, you know, I've seen this guy a couple times. It's just casual. It's nothing serious. Seems like a nice guy, but we ran into your buddy and, you know, I figured he'd be like, oh, I saw them out together. and But this cousin is also kind of very sarcastic, joking okay. person. So at work the following week, he was like, we're going to give this guy some shit. And basically <laughs> asked other guys to go up to him and be like, he is so pissed that you went out with his cousin and didn't ask him. And, didn't, and so it gets back to this guy and he starts texting me frantically last night. Like, did you tell your cousin we were going out? Did you tell him we got really drunk? I said, I didn't say anything. And I, shortly after that, I didn't really hear anything from him ever again. Oh, probably mortified. That's I know. Funny. And I feel bad. I think A, he was embarrassed he got so drunk that night. And B, I was like, my, he's... He's just messing with you. He would never say anything like that. And then he texts me later. Oh, yeah, it, it was just a joke. 
I feel a little weird about it. It's like, I, I can't do anything about it. My cousin probably did me a favor because it wasn't going right. to go anywhere. Right. So, yeah. I've had bad nights. Everybody has a bad and night. And we've all been there. Staying at, at until like 11 a.m. on somebody's couch is just, it was a little too much. <laughs> like, all right, let's move this day along. Right. I think when we get back from the break, we could continue this conversation on a couple of topics. Definitely. Sounds good. I don't know about you, Chris, but I think flowers are really pretty. But sometimes when I send them, I don't really know where to go. Until I found out about Urban Stems. I've used them, and there's some really great things. They have next day shipping nationwide, in-house floral designers who design every bouquet, free delivery on every order, stylish packaging, personalized notes, and all of their bouquets are sustainably sourced from their Rainforest Alliance certified farms. I can't say I exactly know what that means, but sounds impressive. Anyway, feel free to go to urbanstems.com and if you use the code NUDGE, N-U-D-G-E 20, you get 20% off your order. That's urbanstems.com. So I love the sombrero guy. But I don't know if I love it. <laughs> I love the concept of the sombrero guy. But I actually think that there's a much deeper conversation that we can have about this. I've been through a divorce mm-hmm. and I've been cheated on. Mm-hmm. So I also know what that feels like. I know how long it took me to kind of get through that and over it. Mm-hmm. And I definitely would never have posted that on my profile. Of course not. But I have been in the situation, especially right after my divorce, where it was a regular conversation. Even during dates. Is it because misery loves company? No, I think it goes back to what we kind of alluded to at the beginning, which is I just wasn't over it yet. And I had to process through that. Should you have been doing that while also dating? I would say no. Well, and so some people are going to argue that part of the healing process is just getting back out there, just dating, just meeting other people to distract you, take your mind off of it. Right. I can see a benefit of being able to do that of distracting myself, meeting new people, but... But isn't that a Band-Aid? It is. I mean, I say to get over someone, there are two elements, and the ratio is different for every person, but those two elements are time, self-reflection, work, those are all combined as one, and the other is eventually meeting somebody else. So we were lucky enough to get Claire back, (laughs) who just shared Sombrero story with us, so I'd love to hear your take on this. I got on online dating mainly as a distraction. I wasn't, I didn't have any delusions of I'm going to find somebody right away or I'm going to get into a relationship. I knew any type of it, like even casual relationship I had just mm-hmm. getting back out there was never going to be a long-term thing. And because for me, you weren't was, ready for that. Right, right. Right. I just wanted to meet people. I telecommute hundred percent of the time and I have a two-year-old. So Meeting people in general is really, really tough. It's good practice. I'm not going to meet my soulmate six months after my (laughs) marriage is ended. It's, I just want to get out there and have fun. But I did meet other people who had been in similar positions, just like this guy, who weren't ready. And I don't think they understood that. I sort of knew where I was. It was very aware of that and I was also aware of the fact that like I didn't want to share my baggage I didn't talk to people about my divorce or no, my son or it anything sets like everything that. off on a very 
depending on how the divorce went and everything, a very negative tone or a very serious tone when a first date should just really be about getting to know each other in the present, seeing if you even have rapport, Mm -hmm. and if you want to share this intimate information with them. When your core compatibility is wrapped around the fact that you both were divorced and both were cheated on, that's giving you a little indication as to where kind of the substance of that relationship's going to. Right, and hopefully, you know, that pain will dissipate over time. And then what do you have as a baseline for your relationship? Yeah. And I understand wanting to commiserate. I think the pain for him was still so fresh. And he was like, I just had to leave my home and I'm realizing I have to buy a shower curtain and I don't have silverware. Oh my gosh. I totally get that. But for me, I just felt like this is somebody that I'm feeling already more like He's my little brother that I feel oh, like right. I can, you yeah. know, I, I feel bad for him. I right. want to help him. We will probably only ever be friends. And a lot of people had said things to me, just other people that I went out with, like, well, you have a two-year-old. What's your story? Why are you single with a little kid? And I would just give the Cliff Notes version and say, you know, but I'm good. Right. I never, ever wanted to get into the details on oh, like, yeah. some people that I've met. And it's interesting to think about that same conversation at different aspects of the process. Sure. What I mean is, I know that I could have had a similar conversation when I had just gotten divorced, like say six months, a mm-hmm. year after my divorce, and I could have said, I can't find the silverware. Not that I would have ever had that conversation, but I could see that conversation materializing. Mm-hmm. Whereas, Nine years after the divorce, I can have that conversation and be like, yeah, I I can tell you all of the gory details and it's not going to affect me because I'm over it. I've processed it. it, I understand it. And I can tell you all of the misery without having that emotional impact into another relationship because of it. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting. Clients ask me all the time, well, what do I do if someone says, so tell me your sob story or whatever it is. And even on dates that I have been on, granted I haven't been married, but I've certainly had long-term relationships, they would say, so tell me about your last relationship or when was your last relationship? And I would always, and I tell clients to do the same, bring it back to the present. Like, you know, I did the work to get through that one. I'd rather not go back to that place. Or, you know, that just puts me in not the best mood. I want to keep this date light and positive and fun. And so you bring it back to the present. Is that deflecting? Yes. But I believe that's okay. Now, we talked about that in our Dating After Divorce episode. I'm not sure what episode that is, but you can go back and look for Dating After Divorce. And what I noticed also is that typically what people are doing after they've gotten out of a relationship is they are looking for somebody on that opposite extreme. It's like, I didn't have this in my marriage. I didn't like this in my marriage. I'm going to go out and find whatever was missing. I, I need to have more fun. I need to find somebody who's going to be more physical with me. I need to find somebody who's going to actually communicate with me. I'm going to need to find all of that. And really, when you go from one extreme to another extreme, that hardly ever works out. And Mm -hmm. it's only the time that it takes to eventually find out somewhere in between is what you're really looking for. I think you have to have some self-reflection to figure out what that is. I mean, I'm a huge advocate of therapy. I think it's really important to look inward and figure out what went right, what went wrong, how you can do better, how maybe your partner could have done better. I mean, it's never one-sided. So even when you said that sombrero guy wrote in his profile, you know, my wife cheated on me, that's so black and white. And things are very rarely black and white because there's so much more going on. And I do think it's worth taking that time. Now, after 
a very serious relationship of mine ended, I didn't proactively date for a good year after because I knew I was not ready. And it sounds like, Claire, you're really self-aware, so you knew that when you went onto the... <laughs> you're like, maybe. Marginally, I don't know. <laughs> you knew when you went onto a dating site what you were ready for and what you weren't. I just knew I wasn't ready. So there was no point for me. And I do believe some people so quickly get back into it because it's a self-esteem boost or if sometimes, I mean, I was at brunch with a friend of mine right after she had broken up. I thought we were going to have brunch, you know, with me just kind of being a listening ear. She shoves me her phone and says, can you look at my Tinder picture? (laughs) And I said to her point blank, you're not ready to do this. Now, granted, it's not my place to tell people what they're ready for or not ready for. But I know her and she she was not ready. And I, I said, I can't in good conscience help you with this. It depends, like, what your expectations are. That's like, true, Maybe too. you're ready, maybe you're not. But if you're going into it with expectations that you're going to meet somebody right, right away on Tinder, probably not going to work out the way you want it to. If you're looking right. at it more like, it'll just be an experience. I'll get to meet people. It's good practice, you know, having But I don't think it's ever a substitute for figuring out a little bit more about yourself mm-hmm. first. Oh, yeah, I think all of this really boils down to learning more about yourself. Mm-hmm. I think from Sombrero guys to, and even to Claire, the process is, who am I, mm-hmm. right? We get into marriages and a lot of times our identity becomes that relationship, sure. that marriage. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden it's separated. And I've read a lot of female profiles that say, in a roundabout way, I don't know who I am anymore. I am trying to figure out who I am. Separate, single, individual, on my own by myself, who am I? And so to be able to kind of go through that process, learn what I like, learn what I don't like, learn what I want, learn what I don't want, learn what I'm compatible with, all of those questions start to materialize, not by sitting on the couch watching Netflix and Kung Fu movies 24 seven. Is that what you did? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that seemed a little too too right at the tip of your tongue. um, I had to go out. Right. Uh And I had to have the expectation that I'm not going to go meet my soulmate. I'm just getting out of the house. But is that wasting someone else's time? Just to play devil's advocate for a sec, if you know you're not ready, is that a waste of someone else's time who is ready? No, as long as you're very upfront about it. Because I I met guys that I could tell were just looking for something super casual. Sure, me too. I'm not, I don't have any expectations. I felt like the guys on match were more ready for a relationship and they well, wanted to check off the boxes and I get that it's I mean it's, they're paying for it matches right. a paid site so right and it's it's a site where people are looking for relationships it's not tinder so I get that but I even when I was on match for just a super short period of time I told people I don't I don't really know what I'm looking for I just right. want to have fun and if I meet somebody that I like great I mean generally I think that's a good attitude have I said this before NATO not attached to outcome. Right. It's a great way to date. You know, because that way you don't go in. You know, I talk to clients all the time who go in, you know, on the other side of the spectrum thinking every date could be the one. And it's like you're always setting yourself up for disappointment if you're essentially screening that person as your future spouse every time. Yeah, and I think you can read into some of that inside of people's profiles. You almost have to go out to kind of discover that because Mm -hmm. we, we can't totally represent the profile as being oh this is who the person is right and i have gone out on dates where 
I can tell that there are different levels of readiness, mm -hmm. availability. They're emotionally available. They're physically available. Mm -hmm. They are looking for a relationship versus I don't know what I want. I'm still trying to figure that out. And I do think at times you have a disconnect where one person is, they know exactly what they want and they're ready for it and they're available and the other person right. isn't. Then but, it's just not the right timing. Right. It's not the right and time. that happens. I remember after that breakup where I didn't want to date for a good year, I met someone at an event who asked me out and I said, I'll go, <laughs> but here's my situation. So I completely agree with you that being upfront, you know, honesty is, is the best policy. So I am curious, a little off topic, is there anything in particular you discovered about yourself after your divorce that you're like, all right, that's me. No, I'm epic. I'm. Uh, you're epic. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I'm awesome. <laughs> well then, okay. Like I discovered uh, storytelling. Like I perform in storytelling shows, which is not something I had done when I was in that relationship. I don't know why, but it was something I discovered about myself that I loved. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. You know, trying not to make a joke of it. I actually discovered I enjoy alone time. Mm. Now this is interesting for me because I really do enjoy being in relationships. Are you an extrovert or an introvert? I'm 50-50. Okay. You want to guess what I am? Extrovert. <laughs> like, like 98%. 98%. <laughs> um, I can do the test and it's like 49, 51, okay. 51, whatever. I like being in relationships. I like having that connection with somebody. I like spending and sharing time with them, but I also need alone time. Mm -hmm. I need time to reflect, be healthy. alone, right? But a lot of people, again, they can't do that, right? It's like when they're in that relationship, they're all in and they're like, what are you doing? Where are you at? Oh. You know? And if you were to suggest, hey, you know what? I need to get away just for the weekend because I just need mm -hmm. me time. They'd be like, well, what did I do wrong? Well, that's insecure attachment. I mean, right. there's this whole attachment theory about secure attachment and insecure attachment and you know, with secure attachment, you can take that alone time. There's nothing wrong with relationship. Exactly. It's, it's just, just who that I am. you need to maintain your individuality because it's not healthy yes. to be with a partner 24 7. In my relationship, I lost my identity. Yes. That's how I, I feel. I think I did too. And I think a lot of us can relate to that that we lost a piece of us. Yeah. And I think losing a piece of us on purpose to be in a relationship is natural to compromise. an extent. Yeah. There is compromise. But when we go so far that we are no longer who we feel we are internally, to go and then rediscover that, to, to kind of step away and have our own time to reflect and to realize, you know, these are the things that I need moving forward. I think that's critical for everybody who's getting out of a long-term relationship. And I think sometimes you don't realize that you've lost yes. part of your identity yes. until you're out of it. Because Absolutely. Because it's like marriage is compromise and mm -hmm. relationships take work and you sort of have to meet the other person halfway sometimes and then all of a sudden if you have a big life change like a divorce you know all of a sudden it's like i haven't been single in x number of years right i don't know how to be single it's it's who am i what out. do i like right i had these galoshes i know <laughs> this sounds random but i bought these hot pink galoshes you and hot pink i, don't I know see it. right they had these this fur inside and they tied up the front and they were hot pink and shiny and this long-term ex hated them he hated these galoshes and i didn't realize the extent to which i had conformed because he hated right. them so much yeah. that i ended up donating those galoshes that oh. i loved i didn't realize and then after that relationship ended i remember i was walking down the street and i was wearing 
Another favorite pair of shoes I own, these hot pink sequined, you know, those all-star Converse shoes, hot pink sequin. And a friend of mine looked at me and then she looked down at my shoes and she said, Erica, you're back. <laughs> and that was the most telling, insightful. I mean, I, I think I may have started crying when she said that because mm -hmm. like you said, you don't realize the extent to which you've just changed or migrated or conformed a little bit. Mm -hmm. And when you're alone, you realize, oh my God, this is who I am. And I think sometimes we actually discover that during the relationship. I remember in my particular situation, for those of you who know me, you also know I'm a huge Broadway fan. Wait, right? I am... T <clears throat> no. Never mind. We don't need to <laughs> we don't sing. Need to sing. Maybe and later. when I was married, there was a community production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream <gasps> <laughs> so my wife at the time, she enjoyed performing. I enjoyed performing. So we both went to audition. Oh, that's not where I thought this story was going. No, okay. hold on. <laughs> it, it will be. So we both went to audition. I actually got the role of Joseph. What? Yeah, I got the lead role, Joseph, for the musical. Do you sing? Yes. Okay. How and long have we known each other? Sorry. Anyway, my wife <laughs> didn't get cast. Oh, boy. So what did she say? She said, well... You can't do the show. <gasps> I'm sorry, you can't do the That's show. That's unacceptable. I'm not in the show, so you can't get to do the show. Even though I was cast as the lead in the show. I mean, I get that she could be disappointed, unhappy, even jealous. But if, if your partner can't put that aside for a sec to be happy for you, exactly. you got problems. So I had to, in that moment, call the producer. <gasps> you did it. And say, oh. I'm really sorry. I have to decline the role. <gasps> That's oh. so sad. I was devastated, and it took me a couple of weeks before I started to resent her for it. Of course it. you did, yeah. And then I realized, I'm not me. Mm -hmm. And it was basically from that moment on that the relationship began to disintegrate. Right. And better relationships happen when both people do remain individuals. Right. Where, Absolutely. you know, where the, the sum can be greater, what is it? The whole can be greater than the sum of its parts. But the parts, I always say one plus one should equal three in a relationship, not half plus half equals one. You know, you're not completing each other. You're both great people. Right. And together you should be able to be better. Anything else to add on this topic? Erica. Yes? You complete me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was the silliest. <laughs> I'm just thinking that we're going to have to pull out the Joseph CD. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I have the CD because... I'm ancient, apparently, mm. but I know, okay, last story to end this, and it has nothing to do with this. In college, I was dating this guy, this Romanian guy, I liked him, senior year, and he stayed over at my house one night, and you know college, you live with a million people, I think I lived with seven girls, and he was as into Broadway music as I am, and we stayed up all night singing every word to Joseph and the Amazing Ten. <laughs> I mean, I can name all, can you name all 29 colors? Not right now, okay. no. But. Red and yellow. Okay, anyway, <laughs> so I apologized to my roommate or friend next, you know, who lived in the room next door. I was like, did we keep you up last night? I'm so sorry. She goes, oh, Erica, that must have been quite the night. You know, she's picturing, you, you know, what she's been. And I'm like, oh, no, we were just singing Joseph all night. <laughs> the end. Okay. Good match. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs>